This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav and with me I have got Phil and Keith and we've teamed up with bookmakers.com TV to rank Liverpool managers right from back from Shankly right through to the present day with Jurgen Klopp. There's been 11 permanent managers of Liverpool since 1959. Ronnie Moran has been in there as a caretaker coach. Kenny Daglish has been in there twice. We're not going to include Ronnie Moran but we're going to put Kenny's two um, stints together. The managers have been Shankly, Paisley, Fagan, Daglish, Souness, Evans, Julier, Benitez, Hodgson, Rogers, and Klopp. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little chat about it. We're going to rank them from 11 to 1. We're going to argue about it and see who comes out on top. Um, Phil, I, I think it's going to be easy enough to pick number 11 um, out of all those. So Might have to think about it. Uh, you couldn't have had to think about it. I did. Okay, so who did, did you come up with? After a long, long talk, who did you come up with? It was only when you told me that that Doug Leach was only going in once. That's where that's where I could stop thinking then, because mm. his, his second period at the club was awful. Okay. Like, a bit, let's be straight about it, right? But so on that basis, then it ended up being Hodgson. But Julio was a close second to me. But yeah, Hodgson. Yeah, that's your deep disdain for Jared Julio. Um, setting in already, Keith. It's it's Hodgson number eleven, isn't it? Yeah, Get it's Hodgson. Quick. Yeah, let. <laughs> yeah, it's the easiest selection we're gonna have in the whole thing. I, I think he's the worst Liverpool manager we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Even going beyond Shankly and going back to the the black and white days when he played football with a cow's heart, this fella lowered expectations to where, you know, defeat was becoming acceptable. And you know, even if you go back before Bill Shankly, we were relegated, and you know, we we didn't have the best of times um, before that. Everything from Shankly you could make a case was an upward trajectory. Roy Hodgson was an unmitigated disaster. He was ran out of town after what six months, and and I think even that was generous. So I think he's the worst manager we've ever had. I think he's one of the worst managers English football has ever seen. But that could be just blinkered by his Liverpool stint for me. But yeah, definitely number eleven, Roy Hodgson. Okay, number eleven. The only thing I say, Gav, is I reckon if Hodgson had been around in eighteen ninety two, as the club was being founded when they yeah, kicked everything probably out of Anfield. He probably would have said, "Now we'd be better off building houses here instead." Yeah, yeah. But, Roy, but Roy Hodgson, of course, has given us that moment where he had a massive row with Watford's um, mascot, 
and then Hardly a few years me. later took over at Watford. So I'd say that was awkward when he was coming in the door at the time. Uh, yeah. And the greatest and the greatest picture of ever of all time for walking with intent when him and Sammy Lee were walking with intent from the dugout. Yeah. Oh, listen, I, can't, I can't talk about him anymore. Hodgson is definitely number 11 in the list. I'm going to throw Graeme Souness in as number 10. And the Ooh. reason being is he takes over in 91 um, after Ronnie Moran has that caretaker spell. He comes with a massive reputation from Rangers after he's won how many titles in a row up there. He arrives in the door and he pulls the squad apart. Um, he sells the likes of Staunton, Beardsley, um, Houghton, and he brings in absolute rubbish bar you could argue maybe Mark Roy who has a bit of a, a career at the club but everything else around him for me is rubbish and he leaves in 94 he does win the FA Cup in 92 but for me Graeme Souness just set the club back so many years in what he tried to do too much too quick and done it badly Souness would be my number 10 anyone want to disagree oh yeah okay <laughs> I think Rogers. Um, Brendan Rodgers I think was absolutely hopeless as well he gave us a great season but I'm not really putting it down to Brendan Rodgers and I think what what happened after that and what subsequently has happened to Brendan Rodgers career I think he's a snake oil salesman who maybe struck lightning in a bottle a couple of times and never capitalised on it I think um, Graeme Souness certainly wasn't the best Liverpool manager and I do agree with everything you said the, the squad work <laughs> that he had to do there wasn't um wasn't very productive but for me he won an FA Cup and it was the start of our decline but Brendan Rodgers for me was just yeah uh, absolute con man he, he he wins he wins the FA Cup but he should push on from there but he just dismantles everything like, yeah he gets much he gets lucky winning the FA Cup for me in 92 he gets Sunderland in the final um, and he just he's just in the middle of tearing this club apart and we talk about United in the early 90s and building and building and building. He just took us and threw us into complete, threw the car in reverse. Um, it took us like years to recover from it. And that's why I feel a bit sorry for managers that kind of follow them. Phil, who would you got number 10? I, I think it, it it's fairly tough. I, I genuinely do. Look, I, I'd, I'd have Hulay there. I'd have Sionis there. I've Rogers there. I agree with Keith in terms of where, where it is. And Doug Leach is there for me as well because I can't separate his second period at the club. No, you have to. to his first period at the club. Right? <laughs> I, I can't because you told me we can't. So there's no two Dagleishes. There's only one. So I have to. Yeah. You have so to take overall, Dagleish, like Dagleish, Dagleish in two so, spells you know, wins you know, three leagues, two FA Cups, and a League Cup. I you can't put you, him down. I, you can't put him down with Rogers and Sionis. I'll, I'll go. With, well, see, the other thing is though, when Sionis takes over, they come very close to winning the league when he takes over at the club, right? They come. They they look like title contenders in the second season. Um, before it all goes, Pete Tonga, they finish sixth, but they win the FA Cup. The biggest stain on Sunus's piece with the fans that took such a long time to, to finish was the interview he recorded mm-hmm. in that certain tabloid, right? So mm-hmm. that really, uh, that turns the fans against them. And unlike most Liverpool managers to then, once you get the fans offside, it's a very short leash, and that's what happened. There was no, if he hadn't have done that, I think there would have been a greater, um, level of patience from the fans in terms of what he's trying to achieve because the one thing i will say about soon is you said it he tried to change too much too soon but there was very little for him to work with when he came in they dismantled the reserve team 
there was no you program in place at that stage right the boot room was only known by name it wasn't like that there was a there was, there was a there was a legacy or an academy that was sitting at the club and he has to rebuild that from scratch in terms of what's there so i'm not going to start to say yeah but the whole period as a whole it's the worst period outside of the hodgson period as a liverpool fan and he he wins the fa cup i agree with you but you can't dismiss then what happens after the fa cup and the whole fallout with the fans as well. Mm-hmm. And I love Graeme Sunnis as a footballer. I remember him, vaguely remember him playing, but when I look back and see him playing, he was an absolute monster as a centre midfielder yeah. for Liverpool before he leaves. So the, it's not that, and I've enjoyed him as a pundit as well. And like he has come out and apologised for, for that interview that was done. But it's such a pity because I think, as I said, had he kept the fans on side, there would have been an awful lot of um, patience given to him and afforded to him because he could have given the spin as to why he had to do what he had to do. Because as we talk about the rest of them, every other manager that comes after him is given time to do what he needs to do or say that he needs to do. Okay, so I've, I've gone with Sunes. Keith's gone with Rodgers. Would we be all okay if we put Rodgers at 10 and Sunes at 9? No. He wants I, to. Yeah, he wants to. I, yeah. I, I've, I've an argument about Rodgers. Right there. As much, as much as he messes up, that one season in 13 14 is the is the is the catalyst to everything that's gone on since it's the one thing that's given the fans belief in the best part of 20 years that we could contend properly but, for a title but then, but then he does his best to take it all back yeah and 100%. when he gets when he gets a chance to walk away from it and go listen brilliant 13 14 14 15 i think you lose suarez storage hodgson actually does storage storage on england yeah. duty but mm-hmm. he does not follow what liverpool have told him to do and it's a disaster. But when he loses six one away at Stoke, he should walk. As a Liverpool man, balance, he should if, walk. If, if, and and then if he, he nearly, for me, he I, completely I tarnishes his Liverpool um, thing. Because I, I'll tell you now, I can't stand the man. Now. Uh, I, I I get that. I so get are we that, are we going are we going to rank this? I'm going soon as ten, right? And then if you want, you could twist the arm on Rogers at nine. Right, we go we go soon as soon as at ten, and we're going with Rogers at nine. Okay, so I had Roy Evans at eight. Okay, takes over the Sunes, yet it's a bit of a car crash. Plays good football. Liverpool are way too soft, though. They play decent football, but they pass for the sake of passing at times. Amazing they, football. No, they pass for the pa- sake of passing for me. But then when, they, when they get Collymore and they get, when they get especially when they get Collymore and Fowler Fowler. together, they, they open up a bit, McManaman, they open up in a big way. But they've just a soft underbelly, and that's what kills them in league chases in I want to say '95, maybe '97. And it, he just he wins a league cup in '95 against Bolton. But I think when you look at the pedigree above him from here, I know it's ranked A. But when you look at the pedigree above him, I think it just that's just where he sits in this. Keith. Yeah, yeah, Roy Evans, he was a, a great ambassador for Liverpool. He was a great servant for Liverpool. He was there through it all. And when he got the gig, you know, he was a nearly man. He did have a great team. And when you look back at it, they played some excellent stuff. But I don't know. When they brought in Phil's May Hulier, I think um, that was the, the death knell for, for Roy Evans. And it's probably not his fault that, that it ended the way it did. But to me, I, I have him way down on the list. Like, well, unfortunately, I think you, it, I, I'm going to make a plea to you, Spout. Yeah. If you let me pour Evans in, I actually have Julia at seven. So without us going around the houses here, I, if you give me Evans at eight, I'll let you go at Julia at seven. It was that sound. Because <laughs> Phil's dying to get to this fella. Because he just, 
cannot stand Jared Hooley. Oh, uh, <laughs> so, I'll, can we have Evans and E? Yeah. Yeah. Ev- I'm happy with Evans. I had Evans ranked low. So, so where are we now? We've got Hodgson at 11. We've gone with, what, Sunes at 10? Hodgson it? at 11, Sunes at 10, Rogers at 9, Evans at, at 9. Eight, and I have Julia at 7. Phil? I left Phil open, yeah, because I'm... I'm, I'm going to I, I knew I wouldn't. I, I knew I wouldn't win having them higher up the list, right? Because yeah. you lads will ta- just talk about trophies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'll be straight with you, right? I never think of any joyous moments with Julia as manager. Right, they've won a treble in 2001, Phil. None of it was enjoyable. None of it was enjoyable. It's some great. Go back and watch it. I didn't. Didn't go back and watch the games. It's a horrible long ball, corded, disgusting football. The way the cup final wasn't. But that's because it went mental. Yeah, that but was that was an accident. Crazy, yeah. yeah, it wasn't. Right? Yeah, okay, it probably was an accident. We're not the giving best period, Julia any credit for that one. The best period of football under Julia was when Phil Thompson was managing the team when he was ill. That was the best. <laughs> that was the best period of time to watch Liverpool as as a when had a great run as well. They, they did, did. Yeah. yeah. Honest to God, after that, before that, and after that, they never, ever, ever looked like a Liverpool team. So he may have gotten the club back into a position where they were contending for domestic honours and playing well in the UEFA Cup. But they never looked like they were going to do anything in the Champions League and they never looked close. Even though I think they finished runners-up once, they never looked close to winning a league title. They remind me of that time that was it Mourinho finished second with United to Guardiola and he was about 4,000 points behind Manchester City. And it's like it just it never had that feel. Arsenal won the league that year and I think we finished runners-up and we never looked close. Never at one stage put any pressure on them at all. We just, I think we finished second with 60 points or something like that. It was, you know, it was, it was back in the... <laughs> no, the, with Julia, I think we finished second in, I want to say, 03, 04. No, no, earlier than that. Um, or 102. Yeah, and Elka's at the club. Yeah, we oh, But I think we finished with about 80 yeah. points. But Arsenal win I don't it comfortably. I don't know if it was that high because if you go back and look at the old league winning totals, eighty points probably guarantees. No, league, it, was it was a fairly high. It was a fairly high number we had. Two, a fairly high number we had. Forty. Um, Keith Hulie, I get where Phil's coming from. I think when he comes in, yeah. the one thing I will say for me is when he comes in, he identifies that soft underbelly, and he decides that's not enough, and he wants big, strong players, and he wants to be physical. Now he does do a lot of back to front football, and um, he walks off the, the fact that he gets Hesky in. Um, you know, about a year and a half into his tenure and he just, he focuses on Heskey playing off Owen and they can hold people in a big way but you probably don't see the best of some players under Julia. He does win that treble. Um, he wins the League Cup in 2003 when they beat United um, in Wales, Cardiff. in Cardiff. Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But, but I think even at that stage, the writing's kind of on the wall. From I remember going to um, UEFA Cup games and it wasn't good for Julia. You know, when they were in the UEFA Cup, it wasn't good for them and people wanted them out. And I think it was just a case of, yes, you got us this far with that sort of football. But when you look at the kick on, you look at the be entertained a bit more and it just it, it just plateaued at that, didn't it? Yeah, it, it did. It went stale very quick. But, but 
you know, I think it's very fair that he's rated ahead of maybe the others that we spoke to because of the the trophies that he won. But the football, you know, Phil is right. It was terrible. When you look back at it and you look at the style, and even when it was good, it wasn't attractive football. Do you know, and you think of the players that would have come through in that era, and I don't know if you can blame Julier, you know what I mean? But players that you maybe would have expected a bit more from and it didn't work out. But I just, yeah, there was for a year or two before he went, there was a lot of... Uh, people saying get him out do you know what I mean it had really gone sour there at Liverpool for Julia and uh, the, the heart uh, the heart attack you know we got a lot of sympathy for that but it was just never never really the same and when you think like that we were looking for something more attractive and went for Rafa that tells you the, maybe the style of play that that Julia was serving up but he did as you said Gavi spotted the soft underbelly there he went in and he brought a level of professionalism to the team similar to Arsenal Wenger did at Arsenal that he he maybe brought that continental um attitude and training and and um dietary stuff all that sort of gear brought that in that Liverpool were way behind on let's be honest um and so I, I do give him credit more so than than the Rodgers and um Roy Evans of this world but yeah he's he's definitely nowhere on the list than than where he's going to be right well I that's Julia in at 7 Phil, who would you have at six? This is a toss-up, and this is a very tight toss-up for me. This is either for me, it's either Douglas or Benitez, right? Okay. And I go back to I go back to Douglas Sully and his legacy with that period that he has, where he comes in as a caretaker and should have just ran for the hills after the caretaker bit, right? Because yeah. if he if he does that, perfect. You know when something is just that perfect little shot in the arm that everyone needed after Hodgson, get you over the line, get you to where you need to go, and everyone's just going king, magical, right? However. There's that bit, and then there's what comes out that season that comes out. It's terrible in terms of what happens, and until we sign, and he, he picks up Charlie Adam from a chipper and and drops him off the thing for yeah. a fitness test and what have you, right? But yeah. if if you go back to the '80s, and I was blessed to have witnessed this, I remember the double win inside when he was player manager. But most importantly, those teams from '86 to '89. The John Barnes, just, yeah, yeah, the John Barnes, Peter Bearsley, John Aldridge, the midfield with Steve McManaman and Jan Molby, McManaman. Ronnie Whelan, yeah, the you know Noibles just this, this, it had everything right. Yeah. So the football that he was playing now is the type of football that people are, watch today. That was had the same level of pressure that was going on, and it was the only thing that was different was the, obviously the back pass rule hadn't come in, so you're able to just knock it when you went one nil up. You could just go back to your goalkeeper yeah. and just spend your whole time playing ones and twos with them, right? But but for me, that is why I would have Benitez here as opposed to Doug Leash. And that was probably a long winded way of getting to Benitez, but for me, that's why I'd rank Doug Leash above Benitez. Benitez comes in here because I think Benitez was promise without fulfillment. Right, he yeah. does win it. He does win a Champions League, but that's the peak. I know 0809 does a great title run in terms of what it is, but that first year with a team that is his weakest team in his whole time he's here is the peak of his achievement. Instead of being the stepping stone that it really should have been mm. to either win the league or winning another Champions League, and we do come close. I know we come close again, and he takes us to another Champions League final, but it just was that unfulfilled. Yeah, it was just that unfulfilled promise. Mm. If he wins the league in 08 09, he's definitely above Doug Leach because of where he's had to come from. But he's still, like, Doug Leach takes over as player manager the best team in England with the best squad in England, right? And well, Everton are champions be, when he takes over. I know, but we dominated up. Like, we're going yeah. to talk about 
Fagan and Paisley, right? But they dominated up until then, right? You always have your odd rival in terms of what's there and continues that on and continues in the vein, but rebuilds his team after 85, 86, which is, what, which is the most impressive thing that Kenny Douglas does. He fully rebuilds the team and gets them probably the best iteration of what they had over 10 years. But for me with Benitez, you're right. He wins the Champions League, but then rebuilds a, a, a very good team. But I think ultimately Benitez, Benitez himself, right? He overthought games when he sh- and showed too much respect to teams when we which ultimately cost them so you go back to the 08 or 09 season and you look at all those draws against Birmingham and Wigan and stuff and it was all this he was so tactically aware that it actually tied him up in circles an awful lot of time and ultimately cost him a league title that, mm. that for me is why Benitez goes in at six and, and is no higher I'd have Benitez at six as well I agree I think you know he comes in, in in 2004 and you see, you know, Alonso arrives, Garcia arrives and further on down the line you see Torres and stuff like that. But he wins that European Cup and he shouldn't. He's no right to, right? But he does. He wins the FA Cup the following season and you're thinking, you, you know the way you see managers nowadays where you go, like Tuchel wins a European Cup with Chelsea and it's just, you know it's all downhill from there. Because they, he's literally set a level for himself that they will now expect. Yeah. Whereas if, if Benitez had of won got to a semi final of the European Cup and then won an FA Cup the following season and then you know built going the and then built it and where you went even in 08 09 you go he's close he's close but then he gets himself tangled up with the owners and, and the owners are appalling don't get me wrong but he gets himself tangled up with that he's he's getting himself tangled up with the likes of Ferguson who Ferguson knows Benitez is coming for him but Ferguson just distracts him so well by just making mad stuff up and Benitez bites but a European Cup and, and an FA Cup does put him up there off what the base he was coming in off but I still think I'd have him at six Keith Fagan for me um, at six um, and simply just because of the the brevity maybe of his of his of his reign you know he wins trophies but I think at that stage he wins a, he could, wins a league title a European Cup and a league cup yeah well, lads, which, can, I just, know, can I just Keith just, just to just to sort of act as devil's advocate to that thoughts process right he wins the forced domestic treble. Yeah, no, no. And look, I, I've no issue with what he won, but my, my argument for, for Fagan is the team nearly was looking after itself at that stage. Do you know what I mean? So so mm-hmm. Shankly builds her up, hands her over to Paisley. You know, and, and at, even at that stage, Paisley's just continuing on what Shankly had started. When Fagan comes in, I think it's a case of you know, you're, you're talking about a team of winners. You're talking about a multi-European Cup winning side at that stage. And I think the job he done, well, not trying to diminish it at all. It, you know, it's brilliant. I just think he was there for a short period of time. He carried on the team as it was. So I would put him in sixth for that reason. Um, I would put Rafa maybe in fifth because I agree. I think Rafa did get himself tied up. But the situation around the league around Liverpool itself when Rafa came in was maybe a harder one to to navigate for him. So I'd, I'd flip them to, I'd have Fagan in a six and Rafa in a five. But, you know, I, I'm happy to go with the majority on this and put Rafa into six. I had six beneath his Fagan five. That's yeah. what I had. Phil, do you want to switch her over and go with Keats? No, Benitez <laughs> at, at six. Because okay. I had Douglasia five. Okay, so six. You had Aglisha 10, so I'm surprised he's made it up. He's still alright. He's he's coming through the pack here. (laughs) By the end of it, you'll have a Aglisha tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we go go six and five, right? Now, Mm -hmm. 
I have Klopp at four. And so let me make my argument and then you can tear me apart, right? Hold on. I think the job Jurgen Klopp has done at Liverpool is phenomenal. Again, from the base he's had up to now. I maintain that he's the best football manager Liverpool have had since Paisley. I maintain that. Um, and then you probably look at me going, well, why, why is he at four? He's there seven years. He's won every trophy he can win once. You know, he's won an FA Cup. He's won a League Cup, World Club Cup, Super Cup, League, European Cup. Um, he's won He's won it all. I'd have him at four, though, because I think the three above him, for different reasons, have had a bigger effect on Liverpool Football Club. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm open to being pulled apart. We're 22 minutes in here, so we probably have about five minutes left, right? So... I'm going to let you decide this because I probably think I'm wrong in that, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. But my arguments, my arguments before you, I'm not going to let you decide the top four as the guests, right? But I would have Paisley at one because in nine years he wins six titles, three European Cups. You can't, you can't, you can't go that way. It's, it's, you can't start do a countdown show. And, 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 no, no, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what I. I'm going to tell you what I would have. But then I'm going to let you tear it apart because I know Klopp and Ford. You'd be the worst person top the pops. Right? <laughs> no, right, is saying, I'd have Shankly at two. Wait, <laughs> I'd have Shankly at two because just where he takes the club in 59 up to 74. Three titles, two FA Cups and UEFA Cup in that time. But it's not only that. He rebuilds Liverpool from the very bottom to the top. And I'd have Daglish at three. Um, Daglish wins three leagues, two FA Cups, player manager as well, and a League Cup in 2012 in the second stint. But I think Daglish always, in my mind, pushes himself right to the top, not only because of the manager he was at Liverpool, but what he dealt with, with Hillsborough, just puts him right up there for me. Like, I mean right up there. And that's not to disparage Klopp in any way. I just think in that circumstance, you have to take that into, into consideration. But that would be my top four. But I'm quite happy for you two to... Muller over and give me the top four because I'll happily stand aside because okay. that clock in Fortune it probably is a bit ridiculous. Keith, I'm I'm I'd prefer to do a normal countdown where we don't give out our yeah. number one straight off. <laughs> well, I'm just going to give yeah. you that so you can argue against. I, uh, okay, so I, I to go against Gav's idea of clock at four, right? I don't believe that any manager that, that of the managers that were left because we've kept Joe Fagan outside the top three, let's say, right? Any manager that hasn't won one of the two key trophies can't be in for me can't be in the top three right and there's only three left that have won the league and the european cup okay now i'll come back to what that is and for me that's why even though i kenny at number 10 kenny for me is going in because he was picked fagan at five i would have had kenny at five and fagan at four because fagan won a league and won a champions league or a european cup right Mm -hmm. for me kenny goes in at four for that specific reason he can't win the European Cup because of what's going on at Heusel, right? So he's, yeah. he's caught by circumstance in terms of what's there and completely understand that. And he probably has the best team outside of AC Milan in that late 80s period, which is the greatest regret that we'll, we'll never got to see those two teams play against each other. Yeah. Rodrigo Saki's AC Milan and... and I'd argue we, we had a better team in the earlier part of the band than, than AC Milan did. I think they came stronger at the end of the 80s. Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. there was European Cups there to be had if he, if he had been playing. It would have been, been a wonderful meeting of the yeah. two teams it's hard to, to carry on this legacy that we keep playing them all the time and you, you have this long history that between the two teams that's there so that's the, but that's my reason for putting Doug Leach at four I think he builds a fantastic team in the late 80s but going back to Keith's point 
he's not building from scratch. He's not building something. He's 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 in a position of power as the best team in the country, who won the double on the team that more or less the Fagan built and had handed over to him from in '85. And then he takes that on and makes it makes it better again, which is great. But then you have this period right at the that second period that we're talking about, where that season where he also brought us Charlie Adam, Stuart Downing, uh, amongst others. I can't, you can't dis- separate the two. And the three lads that we're going to, t- for me, that are above them, haven't had that period yet. Now, obviously, two can't, one potentially could, right? <laughs> so, but at this moment in time, that's why I have him where he is. And I'd, I'd put, then we can talk about the audio, right? Keith. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, okay. I, I sort of do get what you're saying there, Phil. He, he could. It's beyond his control about winning the European Cup. I think you know if if if. But I think Liverpool would have won European Cups in that period if they weren't banned. But you know he didn't at the end of the day. And I would agree. I putting him in fourth as well because I think what Kenny Dalglish done with Liverpool, the on the field stuff was good. But it was the off the field stuff. Gav touched on, you know, the stuff around Hillsborough. But even Hoysel, I mean, Hoysel happens in 1985. Hillsborough mm. happens in 1989. It's a very, very short period. Do you know what I mean? And there's, is there many players that were at Hoysel that were still around at Hillsborough? I don't think there was that many of them. Do you know what I mean? So it's it, the toll that that took on Kenny Dalglish and the amount of, um, you know, the, the amount of work that he done off the pitch for Liverpool would have an argument to have him as the number one, to be honest. But if we're marking this solely on managerial, I'd say, yeah, f- number four, Kenny Dalglish. Okay, so you're down to four. You're left yeah. with Shankly, Paisley, Klopp. Yeah. And you have three minutes a... to do it. Right. Okay, three minutes to do it. So for me, in number three, this this might even get past number three in this one, but I'd have Shankly in number three. Oh. Okay. Right? And the reason why I think, look... Liverpool exists as we know it today because of Bill Shankly. Completely agree yeah. with that, right? Um, he builds something that's absolutely incredible and amazing. But he builds it at a time when any team, and this is not to disparage what he does, but any team, you're capable of building any team in England into yeah. a team that's capable of winning the league and winning trophies, right? Mm-hmm. You have Celtic winning the, the European Cup. You have United winning the European Cup. You've got Leeds coming. They build Leeds up from nothing. Look at what Brian Clough does at Derby and then go for two years, they disappear and then he goes to, to um, Nottingham Forest, builds them. Ipswich under Bobby Robson comes from nowhere. Yeah. Goes close to win the league. Everton Villa. managed to win trophies. Villa are there as well. Wofford, with Graham Taylor and, and Elton John. Like they 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 they, they literally But but for me that's the difference. And this is why I rate Klopp above him, right? In in terms of what he's doing. And this is this is not recency, but to do what he did was possible for a num- for a lots of different clubs because they were more or less building off a level playing field if you put a system in place. And even Busby did it with, Man- with, with Manchester United in, in a similar vein, right? So it was possible in that period to have these um ball work managers who are just who just built them and became the foundations of the club and became known as the foundations of the club for what they are. So that that's for me is why Shankly goes in at number three. 
and I'm, I'm, I'm open to being disagreeable, but that's why I have him there because it was possible for somebody else similar to Shankly to come along and done something similar. Keith is, I, is, I, I don't agree with Shankly as number three, but I do agree with the thinking behind it. Um, yeah, because is he, is he pushed into three because of where Paisley takes it from 1974 onwards and where he yeah. pushes it to and then what Klopp walks into and over the space of six, seven years, what he achieves is, is that the only reason you'd push maybe Shankly down? Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I, I had Paisley in three, to be honest, um, and only for the reason that I think he carries on the good work, and I, I think you know Shankly laid the foundations. But I agree totally with what Phil said. Back then, you could take nearly any team and make them champions. And what Shankly does is he live, takes Liverpool, makes them champions, but he, he makes he sets an aura around Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? He creates more than just a team. Like if we look at Brian Clough, goes to Derby, does it? He's gone. Goes to Forest, does it? They dip. Goes to um, Don Revy at Leeds. Does it? They're gone. Do you know what I mean? There was no sustained, um, no sustained success nearly from from anybody that that turned into a dynasty the way the way Bill Shankly did at Liverpool. So I, I, to be honest, I'm happy enough with either way on that. I'm happy to go with Phil and put Shankly in at three. Okay. Um, if that's what he wants to do, but I just the, the reason I went with Paisley was because I felt that Shankly built and Paisley carried it on. Okay. So we're down to Bob Paisley and Jurgen Klopp. Number two. Well, I've, I've, al- I've already said out why I'm putting Klopp at number two over Shankly, right? I've, and and that gives away who my number one is. And I probably, I've said enough about Klopp as to why I think I'd, I'd, I'd have him having the edge because, and it, it's similar to what you said, he had nothing. He came into an absolute um, marsh. Right, it was it was it was it was a, it was that meme where or meme or whatever they call him, where the dog is on fire saying everything is all right, everything is okay. Yeah. Right, it was like it it was a bonfire that he walked into, and to do what he did in as quick in in the amount of time it takes him to do, it takes him basically eighteen months to take that team from being absolute dirt to challenge challenging again for top four, and then the step on, and everything is what's amazed me about him is going back to the Rafa piece. Going back to what we just talked about, Evans, and even where we're talking about Sunus, he's had those, they were steps. Everything has been a step, 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 building stone, building stone, building stone, building stone, right? And every time we get to a season, he seems to achieve anything. Even the worst season we've had under him since we've won the league are being challenging. It still has that air of achievement because of how far behind they were to get them to Champions League. And that's a mentality thing. And it's like for a man like Klopp to come in to, to get the club and get the fans and do what it is that to me and I said and build the build the club back to this pinnacle we were a journey for players to go to we're now a destination he changed the club from being a, a stop on a journey to a destination and that that hadn't been done since the Kenny time going back to the late 90s it was the des- it is a destination for players to get to so that for me that's why Klopp is there and Paisley I'll give him a Paisley argument right to, to counter Keats in terms of Bill Shankly the, the bit around Paisley, he was known as Shankly's tactician, right? So he's the he was the brains behind the 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 manage the, the sort of head coach and he, well, he was the head coach to, to to Shankly's club manager or general manager that was over the club, and he's there present for all of Shankly's reign. So he's intrinsic in what doing what they did under Shankly. Shankly goes and the team only gets better and achieves only more when he steps away, and 
to be the most winningest, and I'll use that American euphemism, winningest <laughs> Liverpool manager of all time in their most decorated period, and to be the greatest English manager. I'm not talking about a manager of an English team, but the greatest English manager of all time. That, to me, is why Bill Paisley stands alone at the top of this Don't list. Don't call him Bill Paisley. Because you Bob always Paisley. do that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd get that in somewhere. <laughs> um, oh, Keith, I've said Klopp is the best football manager at Liverpool Football Club yeah. since Bob Paisley. So I, like, after me being thrown there with Klopp and stuff like that, um, where, where my predictions would be or where I would rank them I think you have to put Paisley 1 and, and Klopp 2 I've put Klopp 1 um, mm, and I can put it. it down to recency boys but the, the, the reason that I put Klopp as number 1 is as we touched on there what he's had to build from absolute garbage to where we are now and against who we've had to do it against. Mm. So forgetting about just Man City for a minute, park them, park Pep Guardiola. You look at the resources that Chelsea have, that Manchester United have over the last 10 years, you know, their spending power and, you know, their draw for players and managers alike. You know, the best managers in the world have been at Manchester United, have been at Chelsea, so we've been told. And that's with Dell then Manchester City and Pep Guardiola coming in. People criticise Jurgen Klopp's um, trophy hall. Is it a success that he's only won one Premier League and he's only won... He's, he's got three Champions League finals. Right, he's only won one of them, but he's been in three. He's been in Euro, Europa League final. He's got three 90-point seasons. Like Before that, before him and Pep, how many managers have got 90-point seasons? And he's made this team from absolute nothing into a machine and it's just that he's up against um, you know Man City a country Man City are a great team Pep Guardiola is a great coach I think he gets very fair, unfairly criticised because of the wealth that's behind him that tarnishes maybe his coaching ability but he is excellent but I think for Jurgen Klopp that he's going up against it if we didn't have Klopp you'd be looking at a situation where no other team is challenging against Man City and how anybody would want to see that it's only because it's Liverpool and Jurgen, and, and Jurgen Klopp that they're you know, trying to play this down. I think he's taking the team on its knees in a time that's harder to get them back up than what Bill Shankly done. Um, I think Bob Paisley, yep, the, you can't argue with the trophies and, and the, the time period that he's there for. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's done this over 28 years, 40 years. He's Nine done it years. In, in a short short period of time. Nine done, years, six it, titles, three European Cups, you wave a cup and three League Cups. And three European Cups is the clincher. Do you know what I mean? If you're trying to make it, want to make any argument for any great manager, put your Champions Leagues and European Cup medals on the table there and we'll talk. Mm -hmm. We'll go from there. And how, how many managers have won it three times? Do you know what I mean? So I think there's an argument to say, yeah, that Bob Paisley... And my take on this is them top three, you could put in any order and, and I'd make a case for each one of them. But for me personally... I think Shankly building her up, pulling ahead of Paisley's winning, winning this, and then Jurgen Klopp for what he's had to go against. I think to judge him solely on the trophies or lack of multiple Premier Leagues and lack of multiple Champions Leagues, I think is unfair. I think when you look at what he's had to deal with against and the, the, this whole thing about not having any money to spend while doing it, I just think the fella's a genius. I think he's lifted up the club. I think he's lifted up the city. I think he's lifted everything up around Liverpool Football Club. And look, we all remember, we're not going back that long ago when you're looking at Roy Hodgson or in some cases, Brendan Rodgers. Do you know what I mean? That's not that long ago. And now we're looking at Jurgen Klopp and people are unhappy about that. And I just can't get my head around that at all. I think he's the greatest thing to happen to Liverpool. So are we, are we, are we stuck here? We are. What's new good? 
But I, I'm willing to I'm willing to concede. I'm willing to concede. Well, you would pay the number one, Gav. I've paid the number one. I had paid right. one. Yeah. And, and I listen. I'm not, I don't disagree with a word Keith says because no, people will come back to me and go, "Well, you had Klopp in four. I have Klopp in four because um, of what the what these three in front of them have a done for the club and won yeah. and sacrificed in in the in yeah. the case of Daglish. That's why I had him at number four. But I'd happily walk away here with Klopp going number mm-hmm. one or number two. But are we going Paisley one, Klopp two then? Yeah, for me that's oh, that's Lord. my order. So okay. I, I'm going that way. Okay, well listen, it's going to end up. I went away, but I'm happy to. I'm happy to go. <laughs> well, listen, it's going to end up. It's end, it's going to end up on the internet. This and you know yourself yeah. when it ends up on the internet, we'll get absolutely slaughtered. But it should come to um, it should lead to some good conversation. Yeah. That has been the LSE Day Trippers um, ranking the Liverpool managers from 1959 to the present day. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Bookmakers.com TV for allowing us to do this, and um, we'll see you soon. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.